Wake up, buyer payer people. It's a beautiful day. Go grab yourself another cup of joe and say hello to Jim and Michelle Rhodes on the Buy Here, Pay Here morning show. Take it away, you two. Good morning, everyone. Happy to uh, to join you this lovely Monday morning. We are broadcasting from Albuquerque. Albuquerque. Next stop, Lost Wages. <laughs> lost Wages. Right. We're, it's a good thing we're not really that big of gambling yeah, people. Right. Um, yeah, but there's, I gosh, a show will clear your account out too. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so um, we are we're uh, been graciously uh, lent Jim's brother's office to be able to broadcast out of and. I've had a really lovely weekend, um, yeah. enjoying family and and eating a lot of New Mexican food. And I was telling Jim this morning, I think that it's burning a hole in my stomach. <laughs> All of these peppers and the hot, hot stuff. It's uh, it's been a lot, but I've really, we've really enjoyed it. New Mexico loves them, and my brother in particular loves his green chilies. So <laughs> lots of spicy food. I don't have to ask for uh, Christmas here because right. it's just like. Yeah, there's you don't have to add anything. It's and, been uh, great. We had a wonderful Father's Day weekend. We probably picked up some new dumb dad jokes, so maybe we'll share a yeah. few of those with yeah. you. Yeah, I hope all of you guys had a great weekend as well. And um, those of you who are already in um, Las Vegas, uh, welcome. It's um, it's early there. It's it's seven a.m. here, and we're looking forward to seeing y'all. Um, we'll be there. I think this evening for the the reception thing right. that they're that they're planning on doing so um just a quick recap last or on friday we talked about um we talked about uh, the first of many coming broadcasts on gaping holes and um what we discussed was about check writing and permissions for check writing and and the wise i mean you know a lot of people they've got great teams and great people that they trust and um uh, just, you know, we just want to make sure that you are protecting yourself in the places where, where there can be massive amounts of leakage. Um, and, uh, oh, and today is our first day broadcasting in the boardroom. So right. huge shout out to all you peeps out there in the boardroom. We're really happy to have you with us today. Thanks to Amanda and Hugo for letting yeah. us uh, broadcast in there as well. We're happy to uh, be over there. So, um, yeah, for any of you that are uh, maybe not members of the BHP Success Group, and this may be your your first opportunity to tune in, we uh, we are having a ball. We've been in here oh about gosh, a month. Yeah. I don't know, 15, 20 episodes so far, and Something uh, like that. Yeah, so we're uh, we're certainly having um, fun sharing, you know, all of this information. And some of you are going to question when you hear how, um, you know, deeply we're going into sharing some of the nuggets that only a person who's traveled as much as you know i have or has been inside the, mm -hmm. the businesses in the way i have could really share some of this stuff and you're, you're gonna wonder why why share that stuff so freely and you'll know wednesday if you're lucky enough to be available to tune in we'll yeah uh, and we invite everybody who's uh we've got an announcement on wednesday and that is um uh, something that will be of interest to everybody in the industry vendor manager mm -hmm. uh dealer you big know. announcement yeah big Big change. Yeah. We're, we're excited to share some news, um, and uh, so yeah, Wednesday will make a little more sense of why we're choosing to be so uh, generous with uh, the <laughs> knowledge that we've accumulated over all these years. Um, and oh, I just wanted to say good morning, Bill. Um, Bill I know, Alexander. yeah, it's, he's one of the ones that was like, "Are you guys really seriously going to be broadcasting live at six a.m. Pacific?" Yeah. Yes, nine a.m. Eastern. Or nine a.m. Eastern. So. Um, 
so today we're going to do the second part uh, of this gaping holes and um, and it's, you know, hopefully y'all are uh, got your notebooks out or, or can pop in and listen to this a second time too when you, after we've got it all over on uh, social or the, the podcast stations. Um, but today we're going to talk about deferrals and um, due date changes. And, yeah. you know, it's, it's interesting. I, uh, again, I'm married into, I've learned a lot yeah. in the last few years. And, um, and this is something that, you know, I hear a lot of people chat about and talk about, and it's, uh, um, it's something that, that, uh, it uh, makes the down, it makes everything look really good on the, on the front side of, uh, of collections, but it can really, um, be detrimental. In the- yeah. And last week we covered the subject of collection efficiency. And so one of the reasons that I still suggest that that's one of the uh, most important numbers to track is first, because it's near term, we track that on a weekly basis and look at rolling averages. So it helps to identify, um, portfolio problems uh, sooner than later. Just going to look at it long range static mm-hmm. pooling or looking at uh, even month over month kind of uh, portfolio performance numbers. When you look at collection efficiency, you're better identifying what's happening now in your portfolio. And then the subject of uh, deferrals is one of the things we touched on. In fact, I'll just for those who didn't hear that episode, we talked about that. We expect our clients to run 93% or better. Many do much better than that. And that's on a net basis. And so I I talked about when you're, if you think about what is the source of that 7% deficiency, where does that money go um, during that period of time? Um, I indicated that one of those is related to repos and charge-offs, which we all understand. Customer didn't pay, didn't pay. They were on our active account list. They, They were in our projection report. And then we ultimately charged them off. So for whatever time we carried that account, mm-hmm. Uh, prior to charge off, that would contribute to some of that deficiency. And the other one is this subject we're going to talk about this morning, which is deferrals, modifications. If you think about that, you you recontract a customer or otherwise move their pay date. So in your software, you know, it could be called different things. There can be different names for that same, um, that same function, but they're, they're all really the same for me. And so um, I know Tom Siver, you know, somebody I've known for years who has worked in the financial sector, it was Hamilton State Bank and now Spartan. And, uh, you know, he and I've had these kind of conversations over the years. So they, they're keenly aware, obviously, anybody who's lending money to buy here, pay here dealers is, is um, mindful of contract modifications <clears throat> and any, any kind of changes to the terms of the contract. So the reason it, matters to me here if we think about it in the context of these gaping holes is kind of the larger you know name i give to these things that we are aware that in the buy here payer space if we don't plug these holes you know remember the, the little story about the dutch boy who mm-hmm. put his finger in the mm-hmm. dike you know if we don't if we don't keep these um holes plugged then we run the risk of at a minimum seeing some leakage which could be a management just a management problem it can also lead to outright theft. And so this is the reason that we want to guard against those things. And it doesn't mean you don't do it. It just means as a dealer, we would be recommending that you're aware that you directly authorize those each time. So let's just cover that. So this kind of fits in the context of what would often be security limits, you know, or your internal controls in your, in your system. So when you 
as a dealer, when you authorize a collection supervisor or a manager to do the modifications, then um, you you are making yourself vulnerable to, like I say, at the minimum, mismanagement of contracts and manipulation of delinquency and the interest of bonuses and some of those kind of things. It also um, can hurt your cash flow. And you, it's mm-hmm. hard to identify because, you know, customer owed you a hundred dollars this week and maybe two weeks in a row and didn't pay it. And now a collection supervisor goes in and modifies the terms and the software pushes back the due date. So call it what you want deferral, you know, due date change, mm-hmm. like say a different software calls it something different. But when we allow managers or, you know, collectors to do that in the system, we're, putting our own cash flow at risk and we're retraining customers. That's a really a something doesn't get talked yeah. about enough. We are training customers to, you know, Hey, if, if I'm ever short on a payment, if I'm running behind, all I got to do is go, you know, call Mary, the collection supervisor and, and they'll, uh, you know, I know if I get in a hole, I can, I can get a little, I forget what they call it, you know, a due date change or whatever. They'll push back my due date and I don't really have to make those payments. So it, you've also got that retraining elements like, so that obviously can pollute the entire portfolio within those contracts as we, we start creating habits amongst both collectors and customers, but most importantly to the dealer, that money that we expected is not coming. It's not getting caught up. Or if you take that customer who was due for a hundred dollars, two weeks in a row and couldn't pay it, if we would work out some um, payment plan that had them get caught up at least over the next six weeks, even if it took them six or eight weeks to get caught up, at least that money is making it in the bank and not getting pushed in the end of the contract and is keeping the customer accountable and is also keeping the collectors accountable to, you know, getting the money in the bank. And especially in, in a, in an era in buy here, pay here where cost of cars are so high. And so we're ending up having to have much longer contracts already. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if, if we can help our, our uh, customers be able to pay it off a little bit at a time instead of deferring it to the end of the, the payment. It just makes it longer. And well, you know, we all know what that means. You bring up a good point because not all the dealers are going to a longer contract. Some of them are going to a higher payment, you Which, know, it's, or yeah, some combination, yeah. but if you're going to a higher payment, then this is, you're going to have pressure on your system. You're going to have pressure on your collectors and your yeah. customers now. And so this kind of problem is likely to become a bigger problem if we don't have a way to address it. So let's talk about how do we, if we're a dealer, we don't, we're too busy. We might have multiple locations and we say, we can't, you know, can't do this. Can't do can't authorize all those to be clear. I'm not talking about being, if I'm the dealer, I don't have to be the one at the software doing the actual modifications in the con, you know, in the, in the system, but I do have to be aware and I have to expressly authorize each one of those in order for me to be in the loop and know exactly how much of that is happening. Mm-hmm. I have to be able to identify that missing money, so to speak. And, and you might say, well, it's not missing. I'm going to collect it at the end of the note. Yes. But during this period of time, it's not going to help you meet payroll. It's not going to help you buy cars. It's yeah. dollars that we expected. We didn't get it. We need to be aware of how much of that's happening so that we can understand if our bank accounts are running a little short, we need to understand why. And we need to make sure we don't have this whole, you know, leaking. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Yeah. Yeah. So it's just an important thing that, you know, it's one of those things that unless you get inside the software, unless you really track collection efficiency, it's one of those things that we just have to be aware that it's a, it's definitely an issue that, um, you know, if we don't um, keep that, keep an eye on that particular thing, then uh, we can definitely see, you know, dollars uh, coming up short. And we just have to be aware that that's something that uh, can totally, um, 
you know, be a, a challenge in our, our, um, our dollars. One of the things I've really appreciated um, when we're coaching um, new or, or dealers that have been around for quite a while um, that, you know, we, we're, we're constantly trying to help dealers put up safeguards and things that will allow them to keep an active uh, finger on the pulse of their business. And, and, you know, one of the things like with this is that Jim, I really do appreciate that you do is that, um, you know, you don't want your collector or your salesperson or whatever it is to have to sit around and wait for you for, you know, um, a, a really long time when you've got a customer that's sitting there and, and, you know, you need an answer, all of that. And so one of the things he's really suggested strongly is that, uh, that, you know, you have a policy about, I need to be, I need to be aware so I can get these approved, but you, that you also, um, you also let your, your collector on the, in this case, know that, uh, that I want you to reach out to me. And if I have not communicated with you within 15 minutes, use your best judgment. Yeah. And there's ways to communicate that, that can be well-documented in this day and age with cloud storage and all the ways we can manage that, you know, there's plenty of ways for, if I'm a collector and by the way, if I'm a collector, I don't want to be in, you know, what I talked about in the check writing is being kind of in the circle of suspicion. If I have that authority, I don't want to be accused of abusing that authority. I want to make sure that it's been expressly authorized if I'm the one out there doing it because, you know, my neck is on the line in a, in a way. And, yeah. and, and because, you know, somebody with my experience knows that when you see a lot of that, you have to question theft. You have to question, is that collector somehow putting that money in their pocket and deferring the contract? We've seen that. And so it doesn't, when we see these deferrals and we see collection efficiency running short, it doesn't mm -hmm. mean that the collector is necessarily putting that money in their pocket, but can we know, can we know that they're not? One of the ways we can know that they're not is if they keep us in the loop. Yeah. Every time it happens. We've had some really good comments here. Um, yes, uh, and I don't, I think this must, they must be in the boardroom and I don't have that one pulled up on, on my laptop. It says, make sure every customer signs a modification or deferral sheet. Um, we're all about keeping a paper trail of things oh, like this, absolutely. that it's, it's, yeah, there needs to be a signature somewhere along the, um, along the way. And, and Bill uh, reached out and said, wouldn't you feel using a modification, wouldn't you feel using a modification uh, could save a repossession or percent potential loss that could keep the customer paying as long as they meet you halfway on the money past due? Um, yeah. And sometimes it doesn't even have to be halfway for me, Bill. Like I would say that uh, absolutely modifications can be warranted. There, there are going to be circumstances where it makes sense. Uh, due date changes and, and deferrals can absolutely be uh, justifiable and make sense to save the account. My, I'm not saying don't do it. I'm saying be aware of how much it's happening. So this is about, and, and who, who needs to be aware? The dealer. Whoever's signature is on the line of credit or owns the business, um, they need to be aware of how much is it's happening. So this is not about not doing it. This is just about being aware so we can keep a lid on it and make sure we're not developing bad habits and having collectors or collection supervisors uh, abuse that. Because again, if we, one of the things we see out there is if you we're, and we've talked about this in the context of collection efficiency, if we're, if we're allowing collectors to be paid and, and many dealers pay um, collectors on delinquency. Well, if I'm a collector and Certainly I'm, I've got a bonus, on the, <laughs> yeah, I can manipulate my number. Yep, I can, when absolutely. I, when I push due dates, then my delinquency list looks clean and I've, you know, I've got, uh, and I meet my, my delinquency bonus. So yeah. this is among the areas of vulnerability. Yeah. And by the way, we, 
in our YouTube channel, if you find the Wisdom Wednesday episodes, I remember uh, covering this subject in some more depth with um, one of the uh, Wisdom Wednesdays I did with Brett Buick. Um, and I, I don't know if it's in the comments there, but I, I can try to find that and share it. But we talked about something I call a temporary GM. And it's really basically just a, a user profile that you create in the software. So mm -hmm. it's just like a, it's like a, um, it's like a temporary ID or a, uh, a, maybe we'll call it an imposter ID. It's like a, it's a, it's a profile that we create that has the security limits that I have as the dealer, but it's not me. I don't have to give the collector, for example, my password. I create this, this kind of um, fictitious ID as a temporary GM is what I always called it. And now we're able to give the collector, we change out the password on that particular profile. Yeah. It has the authority to do what I can do as a dealer, but it doesn't require me to be there. I can, I can give the collection supervisor that password because I'm busy at the auction or whatever. They can go in and do what they've got to do. You know, they can expressly notify me by mm -hmm. text, what they're doing or by, you know, shared Google document, whatever. And now I authorize it. I give them the password, they go in and make those changes. And then as soon as it's convenient, when I'm back at my desk or, you know, at my device, I'm able to change the password so that I know each time they're reaching out to me, I'm authorizing a new password. I know how much it's happening. And if I yeah. find one that's not authorized, I know, you know, I know I've got a problem, you know? Yeah. So it helps me keep a lid on it. So again, yeah, Bill, absolutely. It has to happen from time to time. It makes yeah. perfect sense, but it's more a question of, um, you know, how do I know that when it's happening? Yeah. And he piped in again and says that, uh, tracking is abs is an absolute yeah. and I absolutely, absolute, mm -hmm. absolutely. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, another user, great to have a great tool to ensure fraud that no fraud is being done or that the collectors are doing their job. Another one, um, I've had, uh, that happened to clients, employees have stolen money. And that's, you know, that's the thing is we, we don't want to like step into a relationship with, with a team member with distrust, mm -hmm. but just, you know, don't give them enough rope to hang themselves on if they get put in a tough spot for whatever reason. Absolutely. Um, so again, one way to identify theft is with this collection efficiency measurement, because if we expect to be 93% or we, um, Maybe you get started tracking and your 10 week history over several months is running 95%. Well, now if it dips over a long range of period of time, we, we, we can begin to look. It, and by the way, in collection efficiency, it will be up and down. There will be weeks mm -hmm. you'll collect, you know, 87%. There'll be weeks you collect 117%. Like it's, that's just part of the deal. Uh, it's part of the way money ebbs and flows around mm -hmm. payday payments and this and that. But but in reality, we measure that across a longer range of time. We expect to see 93% and above. And if we're not, we need to ask ourselves, okay, where is that money? Why don't, yeah. why is it not in my bank account? Yeah. Um, another comment is be mindful of partial payments. Mm -hmm. um, this can affect your line of credit from a standpoint of a receivable being past due as, uh, as many days or so many days. Um, absolutely true. And then someone piped in a great, uh, Great suggestion, Jim. And it's been, I, Jim has suggested that with having the, uh, the, um, the extra login in your DMS software so that you can go in and change the, the password. And it's been so, it's been interesting to me uh, how many times when he suggested that to different people that we're working with, they, they kind of, it's like a light bulb goes off of, of this is going to make my life 
better. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so much better to do something like that. So well, we represent dealers. I mean, yeah. it's the dealers who pay us as consultants advisors. Yeah. So they're, you know, that's who we're responsible to. And of course, in the process of doing that, we become, you know, we can also address um, the needs of the the team, you know, the, the actual personnel, mm -hmm. uh, in a way we address the needs of the customers indirectly uh, in doing that. We certainly can represent the interest of the lenders because mm -hmm. the lenders, you know, the lenders don't want to see a dealer get outside of their covenants or, you know, otherwise get out of bounds on, on the terms of their agreement. And so this is an area, I, I just think it's as much as anything, regardless, let's suppose a dealer does not have a line of credit. We still need to know where are our dollars. If we, if we are running short on cash, can we know for sure? And and the, one of the first ways to do that is to track that collection efficiency, which is really linked back to how many dollars are we supposed to bring in across a given range? In our case, we do it seven days at a time and we, we do an upcoming range and we know exactly contractually what we're supposed to bring in during that period of time. And now we just have to circle back in, at the close of that period and see how do, how do we do. And that so now it's a, not about delinquency. It's not about whether the customer paid on time. It's about did the portfolio produce as many dollars as it was supposed to produce? And again, it'll be long some weeks. It'll be short other weeks. But we measured across the range of time. And now we know. So you see why this is so important. It's one of the two places. And and by the way, if anybody is aware of another, please let me know. But I, I, I would say, you know, that 7% deficiency in my experience comes from two places. It's either mm -hmm. charge offs, you know, it's the count that doesn't pay, doesn't pay and ultimately gets charged off or it's, um, it's going to be these, these deferrals and modifications where we're reworking terms, we're pushing payments back mm -hmm. and not, not having the customer catch up. So, you know, in the old days we did a simple, written payment arrangement customer agreed they're going to pay instead of a hundred, you know, their regular hundred, they're going to, because they were short, they're going to pay 120 for three weeks in a row or whatever and catch up. So it's, it's, um, we're not changing the terms in the software. The yeah. customer is simply catching up. And I just, uh, along that lines of signing things in this digital age, it's, it's really a good idea for most dealers to have something like a DocuSign so that they can just um, shoot it off to a customer, have them sign that. And, mm -hmm. you know, there, there is some, it's, I, I love little nuggets of psychology, but there is yeah. some, um, some uh, there's pieces of, it changes people's behavior when they actually have to put their, their um, signature sure. on something. And um, most people that we know in the industry that are teachers or consultants or coaches don't, well, don't, I'm not going to say don't because Jim's always, it's like, we strongly, strongly, strongly <laughs> advise that you never take a verbal agreement. Um, yeah. yeah. It's, um, this is another area where we make ourselves vulnerable. And of course, that's a whole separate collection subject to itself. But, but yeah, that's really about having an understanding in writing, getting customers caught up. Yeah. And, and when we do that, even if it takes, you know, mm -hmm. two, four, six, eight weeks, um, at least we're not modifying the terms. We're not revealing yeah. that option to a customer and we're simply having them get caught up. Yeah. Um, someone piped in and said, do you recommend tracking collection efficiency perpetually every week? Absolutely. Yes, <clears throat> absolutely. Um, and, it, and it's one of the nice things about doing that that I've noticed. And as we've talked to, to um, different teams is that it, it gives the, the collector like a fresh start every week. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, those who missed it, that, we talked talked about that. It's been a week or so ago. I think last week, uh, maybe a week before, we covered a collection efficiency in some depth. And I've got quite a bit of written material out oh, yeah. there on that as well. But yeah, so 
Yes, absolutely. It's really got to be every week. Once you start it, you really don't stop it. And it's, um, it's a better measurement. Like I said, I think I said in that episode, if I were to pick one, there's lots of different metrics that we like to look at. And really it's when you're looking at portfolio performance, it's really a good idea to look at about at least four or five and more like six or seven different measurements, Gee. metric kind of key points that you can look at to make sure, because some are looking at long range, some are looking at near term. And I think it's important to kind of keep an eye on both. But this collection efficiency is the best way I'm aware of to identify these things that we're talking about here. Yeah. You know, when you've got missing money, it's because it's otherwise hard to identify. And, you know, not every software has a great report to go in and look at modifications. But even if it could, even if it's, I can say, I can look it up and say we did 27 modifications or 27 due date changes last week. That's a big number. I'd rather not see that. But it's like, even if you can identify it, still the question becomes, what are, what's happening with those customers? What, what, why, what, what happens in their mind when they say, oh, it's a yeah. simple, it's a simple, yeah. I just talked to so-and-so and yeah. they can t- put some keystrokes in the software and I don't have to make those payments after all. You know? Yeah. Yep. <laughs> you know? So we just create patterns with customers yeah. and there are things, listen, in this digital age, sometimes, you know, I always say I'm an unapologetic fundamentalist. Like there are things that have changed about this business that we're in. There's no doubt. I mean, there's a lot of this whole digital age is, is changing a lot of what's happening. There are so many things though, that just don't change. We're talking about customer psychology. Yeah. We're talking about customer. We're talking about a poor credit consumer and their ability to manage money. That hasn't changed. Yeah. And, you know, one of the other things, too, to to be mindful of is if you are seeing a huge amount uh, or a, a spike, a jump in um, in your uh, uh, collection efficiency, mm-hmm. you know, from deferred payments, uh, deferred payments and or that you just run really, really high um, it, that you might also want to look at your payment amount. Uh, the, the, the customers having to pay as well. If it's too high, then it's, it's actually setting them up for, for sure. having and problems. Can I tell you way. another thing that hasn't changed in the 20 plus years I've been How much in, they can afford every month. Yeah. But also what hasn't changed <laughs> what? is the employees are motivated by their pay plans. They're uh-huh. influenced by their bonuses and their pay plans and people tend to work their pay plans. Mm-hmm. And so if your pay plan creates motivation for them to do modifications and they have the authority to do so, it's probably happening and it could, it yeah. could get um, to be a, a point where it, it's hurting your cash flow and it's, it's hard for us to identify. So, yeah. So, I mean, if you, if you uh, need some pointers and we pointed in the right direction for collection efficiency, like I said, we talked about it last week and Jim went through an awful lot of the numbers or, you know, feel free to reach out to us because we're, that's what we're here for. Um, you know, we realize that there's a lot of great information that we can put out there and help people with, and not everyone has the bandwidth or, uh, you know, understands some of these metrics as deeply and as well as Jim does. So, um, you know, feel free to reach out and, and, you know, if we can help, we would love to be able to help. Um, we, uh, we're going to wrap up here in just a second. And I, I, uh, again, wanted to, um, big announcement on Wednesday <laughs> and Karen, um, uh, what is it? Karen's like, what's the announcement? Yeah. Karen, it's a surprise. Yeah. Yeah. And so you're going to have to, you're going to have to, uh, um, uh, tune in. I think on, I can uh, at least offer this much. <laughs> Michelle and I have been asking ourselves lots of questions in, you know, oh, really yeah. since we've been working together, but certainly, especially in the last, um, probably three to six months, we've been working through some things and taking on some really big stuff. And, and we feel like we've come up with the solution for how to, 
how to leave the industry better than we found it. That that yeah. part I can. We're share. not planning on leaving no, no. anytime soon, no. but it's, it's it's a way yeah. for us to be able to um, have a positive impact on this industry mm-hmm. that we all share. And so it's uh, that that much I can tell you. I think it's something yeah. that Michelle and I have, to, have discovered is the 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 most effective way for us to to do that. And so we're excited yeah. to have a chance to share that. And yeah, and those of you who know Jim personally and have had the opportunity to to get to know him and, and understand uh, how much he really cares about the success of the dealers in in this industry and ultimately the success of the dealers in a way that is just helping the customer to sure. be successful and right. and to to um yeah, to improve their situation right. as well. So, so again, tune in Wednesday. Yeah. We'll be at our regular time slot on Wednesday morning. And then and, we'll also be yeah. broadcasting at, um, let's see, that'll be 945 Pacific. Pacific so 12, 1245 45 Eastern. Eastern. We'll be with Bill Elizondo and, yeah. and Ben Goodman, the moderators for NIEDA. They'll be joining us at that time. And yeah. so we look forward to catching up with them and finding out what all is yeah. happening in the 20 groups with uh, with NIEDA. And, yeah. And we're going to be set up in there for a few hours mm-hmm. and um, it might even be running some other uh, recorded podcasts mm-hmm. for Tote the Notes. So, so bring, um, uh, come see us, bring coffee and for bonus <laughs> points, bring donuts. <laughs> okay. And if yeah. they're donuts, yeah. maple bars or maple yeah. nuts like Jim, Jim could literally live my, off of my joke has always been that you know people say uh-huh. there's 70 bodies like 70 percent water i think i'm 70 percent maple so his, his brother last night actually said okay so there's a beer and donut diet yeah. that you have to stick to it the pounds will melt off and i just kind of watched jim's eyes perk just slightly yeah. Yeah. and i was like no 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 no, no 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 I'm not there <laughs> absolutely so all right well we um we have some some uh last minute family stuff to do here and a little bit of packing and then we'll be hopping on a plane. Those of you who are um, out in Las Vegas right now for the NIADA conference, we will be seeing you tonight at the, at the reception and, um, and we'll be around tomorrow. So, you know, if, if there's anything that we can, we can do to help or, or uh, got some questions for us, come and find us. us. Yeah. And yeah. uh, one quick shout out again. Thanks to uh, Amanda and Hugo yeah. for bringing us into the boardroom group. We're happy to be sharing uh, this information with those in there as well. Absolutely. So have yourself a great Monday, everyone, and we will see you all soon.